In the headlines, 22 people killed in fighting between rival people smuggling gangs on Libya's Mediterranean coast. South Africa formally revokes its withdrawal from the International Criminal Court and authorities and humanitarian experts warn that it's just a matter of time before famine is officially declared in Somalia. A very good morning to you, I'm Anne Moussa. Fighting between rival people smuggling gangs on Libya's Mediterranean coast has killed 22 people. The International Organization for Migration says the dead were thought to be migrants rather than smugglers because they were sub-Saharan Africans. More than 100 people have been wounded. The latest deaths come in addition to the 140 bodies found in Libyan beaches so far this year, while there have been 477 deaths at sea on the route from Libya. South Africa's Justice Minister Michael Masuta is expected to brief the Portfolio Committee on International Relations on the court ruling on the country's withdrawal from the International Criminal Court. This comes as South Africa starts the process to revoke its intention to withdraw from the ICC. The United Nations has yet to confirm receipt of the note, but the South African mission has confirmed the move. Shown Brass Peace reports. The note to the Secretary-General comes after a High Court ruling last month that invalidated the notification of withdrawal submitted to the UN chief last October. The High Court ruling found that any move to withdraw from the Rome Statute that governs the International Criminal Court must be on the basis of the expressed authority of the Constitution, which requires parliamentary approval. The letter submitted by International Relations Minister Maite Nguana Mashabane triggered a one-year period of withdrawal that has now been invalidated on the grounds that she did not have the authority to submit the letter without legislative consent. Parliament's Justice Committee has already begun considering the draft repeal legislation that once approved would allow anew a process of withdrawal from the Rome Statute. The Kenyan government has ordered striking doctors to return to work, announcing that it has withdrawn a 50% pay increment after talks resolved the strike failed. The doctors are demanding between 150% and 180 pay increment. In the new deal, tabled with the help of mediators who included religious leaders, the doctors are required to sign a return-to-work formula and resume work immediately, but they've turned down the offer. The strike by more than 5,000 doctors in Kenya's public hospitals is now in its third month. Kenyan President Uhuru Kenyatta says the doctors are blackmailing government. This is blackmail and we are not going to entertain it. And I need to say here quite clearly that if this round that they are now engaged with, with our religious leaders, fails. We will be in a bit of a problem with them. And it's very clear. The United Nations Secretary-General Antonio Guterres has paid a visit to Somalia to raise awareness on the country's humanitarian crisis. Authorities and humanitarian experts warn that it's just a matter of time before famine is officially declared in the country. The UN says $825 million U.S. million is needed to support an estimated 5.5 million people, including 380,000 children who are at risk of suffering from acute malnutrition. 
And finally, nearly half of the world's child brides in 2050 will be from Africa if current trends continue. That's according to a report looking at women's rights on the continent. The study by the UN Human Rights Office, the African UN at the UN Women was launched ahead of International Women's Day, observed annually on the 8th of March. The partners point out that Africa has made great strides in realizing women's rights, with women's participation in legislatures surpassing that of many developed countries. However, the report states that in every country in Africa, as around the world, women continue to be denied full enjoyment of their rights. Recapping the top stories, 22 people have been killed in fighting between rival people smuggling gangs on Libya's Mediterranean coast. South Africa formally revokes its withdrawal from the International Criminal Court. And authorities and humanitarian experts warn that it's just a matter of time before famine is officially declared in Somalia. African Dialogue, looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. What we see here is a clear violation of one, the right to privacy of Tiwonge and uh, Stephen. The position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting. city of uh, Port Elizabeth right here in the Nelson Mandela Metro I have to say it is one of the most beautiful places I've been to the beautiful architecture the bays are beautiful it's just a beautiful city indeed and we're right here at the Feather Market Center before I continue with the show I have to say to all the women who listen to African Dialogue happy International Women's Day and what better way to celebrate the day but right here at the second Africa for Africa Women's Conference 2000 and 17. Uh, we hear this conference is really about looking at how do we actually really create a space whereby women are part of the central conversation when it comes to the economy, when it comes to how they actually participate as well in our various uh, lives on the continent. But it's really about economic participation really and especially looking at the involvement in business. How do we uplift women on the continent? And joining me in our uh, outside broadcast here at the Feather Market Center, I've got the Honorable Deputy Minister uh, Togo Zilu who is uh, from the Department of Tourism. Thank you, Minister, Deputy Minister, for giving us your time. And also, I've got the conference convener, uh, Ms. B. Hagula. Thank you for inviting us, uh, Ms. Hagula, to this uh, gathering itself. Um, now, the title of uh, this particular gathering is uh, Woman at the Helm of Local Economic Development. That's the main theme. Uh, tell us, as the convener, uh, Ms. B., how you actually came about with the concept of this particular conference friends and it's the second one indeed this one and uh, tell us what you actually are envisioning for this conference the vision uh, stems of this conference is stems from looking at the trends globally and locally well i think we're struggling with that with that uh, mic itself there let's see if we can uh, sort out that particular mic uh, okay you can go ahead let's see if we can carry on 
Sure, go ahead, um, Ms. B. The vision around this conference to say women have to be at the helm mm. of economic transformation mm. is basically because women are in the majority globally. They're over 50% in every, in every country. Sure. Those are the trends. Mm. Secondly, when it comes to the value chain of the economy, they're at the bottom, at the bottom end. Mm. And therefore, this conference is meant to change those skills. Mm. It's a very aggressive uh, vision that says women have to take the lead. Mm. We have all the policy frameworks, whether you go to the UN Women Globally, mm. whether you go to the AU Vision 2063, mm. and you come to our own country, South Africa, you go into the National Development Plans, mm. and also that we have a ministry that is focused on women. Mm. It says, uh, from the point of the policy makers, mm. there is a deliberate and intention mm. to make sure that the women are positioned equally. Mm. Uh, than uh, our male counterparts. <laughs> <laughs> but at the moment, we don't take that poor step. Mm. So this conference is saying, let's take from what we know mm. to the unknown. You'll see that the approach is, 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 is a case study approach mm. where we have examples from the various countries that are represented here. We have Dana, mm. that is uh, leading with respect to the textile. Mm. You look at the India from the point of turning economies into economic hubs, mm. uh, and also women in finance, mm. because they were the trendsetters in the establishment of women's bank. And it taking, you're taking that case study approach of saying, how do you emulate mm. this uh, best practice and replicate it elsewhere? So we're looking at the countries represented here in, in collaborating and being able to champion the outcomes of this conference. We want to have key resolutions, not just resolutions, but project approach that will say, this is initiative that we're going to lead beyond this conference. Mm. And hence you'll find that there's focus on the commissions mm. and also the sectors. Mm. If I were to talk about the sector, mm. you have the textile uh, and fashion, mm. you know, and if you look at the whole value chain, women are playing that space, mm. but they are not the global, at the global level. Mm. And we're saying from the point of repositioning Africa, that is uh, one sector that we mm. can really consider. If you talk about food security, mm. agriculture is very key for the African continent. Sure. You know, and the tourism, there's no other beautiful place than Africa. There's no other beautiful place than South Africa. Mm. Then the East Indian is also offering its unique uh, beauty. Sure. And, and therefore, those are the sectors that we're looking at and saying, we need to position our, mm. our, 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 our organization. Well, let me take it to you, Deputy Minister. Um, in terms of, of looking at that particular ideal and that concept of um, women's participation, especially in the economy and that development, especially on the African continent, the main challenge there being that are we doing enough to actually make sure that transformation is actually reaching the grassroots, the ordinary women? We know on the continent of Africa, countries such as South Africa also are one of those whereby there's a huge uh, poverty gap, uh, especially women are those who are suffering from this particular uh, issue of poverty and unemployment and sometimes it actually marginalizes them from participating in the economy. Thank you very much uh, Benjamin. Let me start by wishing all women sure. in the whole world a happy International Women's Day sure. because this is <laughs> their day. Definitely. This is the year where economic empowerment of women is at the center. South African government 
has uh, taken the lead, mm. our president in the state of the nation, placed at the center the economic empowerment of women. Mm. Because if we talk inclusive growth, mm. then you have to see women. Sure. And therefore it means we have to you know, unlock where barriers are. Mm. You also have to bring closer to where women are mm. those support mechanisms for them to grow. At the moment, m women are peddling, they are trying to do something, and fortunately for us, mm. they are in the critical sector of SMMEs, which is uh, that economy that is the backbone mm. of sustainability if we're talking growing economy. Mm. So now we have to find them in order to make what we have to do to change around their situation from poverty, from inequality, from unemployment. Mm. We have to reach down there. So we're happy today to participate in this Africa for Africa Women Conference mm. because it's a platform that then brings women from South Africa all over in the various sectors that have been mentioned, but also bringing in to say, you know, uh, at times we start small mm. and we often confine ourselves into smaller corners mm. and not appreciate the value chain when you talk economic development. Mm. So now you're bringing in women from across these subsectors to say, you know, you can come together, you can unite, you can create networks because for this economy to grow, you need to circulate money amongst yourselves. It mm. must not come out. Mm. So now, here is a platform. Think big. This is what government has committed to do and to ensure that we set aside, mm. you know, funding, we set aside, we look into gaps, policy gaps that are there because already uh, that is in place. Implementation requires now mm. the practical presence of those women. Mm. So with this uh, interaction, we're looking at tackling those kinds of challenges mm. that women are facing of unemployment so that we can make sure that together as government and our communities, we are able to uh, you know, find ways of working together, supporting each, each other, mm. look into what the barriers are and uplift our women because we are not just looking at them remaining SMMEs. Mm -hmm. We're looking at if government program is looking at producing industrialists, then they must participate in that program. So we have from all angles. But the greatest other thing with this conference mm -hmm. is that it's not just focusing on South Africa. Mm -hmm. It's bringing in African women. Mm -hmm. We can share best practices. Sure. We can open platforms mm. for exposing the products that we have mm. and in that way we have our women growing uh, even better so we are happy that this conference has brought in five more african countries mm. this year sure. we have india and canada mm. as was mentioned earlier on so it means our word is is, is spreading mm. and also practically the decisions uh, and the outcomes of the conference must talk to it in terms of implementing the actions that have to come up. Mm. Well, I want to come back to this very essential issue because there seems to be a bottleneck that is one of the biggest one is the fact of uh, transferring the, the, the capacity and access to the markets for women, especially 
in terms of local spaces where women are starting to start off these SMEs, but they really can't break beyond the markets that they live within. And that's been one of the biggest challenges on the continent that entrepreneurs stay very localized Mm -hmm. and it's very, very difficult for them to enlarge even their vision beyond their own environment. And I think it's great that we here at Port Elizabeth with uh, local women also participate in this event. But how do you actually go beyond that particular uh, barrier, Ms. B? In fact, one of the objectives uh, and the the mission uh, that we're focusing on Mm. in the whole strategy around uh, the conference Mm. and the program itself beyond just the conference is inter- and intracontinental trade promotion and facilitation. For instance, now, We've is that not a ag- big concept for no, no, some no, wo- local women? No, it's not. <laughs> you know, someone would we, say that, sure. We, we, because we are here to facilitate. Sure. For instance, mm. when you talk about capacity building, mm. India is already committed that from this conference, they will take women for training mm. in India. Okay. It's actually very practical. So that the model that we're talking about mm. of them being able to, uh, to, uh, to make communities into economic hubs. Sure. Their experience is the part of that. We're talking of rural women even there, sure. you know, and therefore we're able to say this is one uh, program that will be running. Mm. For instance, if we talk about uh, access to markets, we've got professionals. One of the exhibitors here in the agricultural sector who is actually linked the commercial side and agriculture, mm. Dr. Vuyo Masad, mm. Already you've seen the last night the, 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 the fashion show that the mm. product that is there is of global level. Mm. And we had our local designers sharing a platform mm. there already. With her expertise, she's identified one of the local entrepreneurs mm. to actually source the material through their own relationships that they already have so that they can have a quality product that can be exported. So, Ms. B, are so you saying that practical. partnerships are the key? The, the partnerships are the key because okay. you partner at different levels, mm. you know. That's why I said the issue of collaboration of in, uh, intercontinental and intracontinental is very crucial in this process to really make this uh, vision a reality. Mm. Yes, so those collaborations are very important and capacity building as well. Yeah, Deputy Minister, there's a very big word that Ms. B used there, which is economic hubs, especially in uh, previously disadvantaged areas. And I know as uh, Department of Tourism, I'm sure it is your concern, how do we actually uplift previously advantaged areas as economic hubs? Do we have a plan there, especially on how we can uplift women in that regard and how we actually lift up those previously disadvantaged areas and those uh, small medium enterprises people are trying to go into actually making previously advantaged areas or townships as a kind of cultural spaces and attractive as tourist destinations that seems to be a new trend in in south africa but how can we take that to the next level yes indeed uh, because uh, when we're looking into how can we grow tourism we mm. had to look into in which areas mm. and how can we bring it closer to the people mm. and actually transform the industry because as you know uh, the industry is still lily white mm. so for instance if i may just make a uh, one or two examples around developing that mm. we are focusing for instance on township tourism mm. that township tourism focus is where we are identifying sports and these sports so that we can you know 
look into the infrastructure, look into skills, look into assisting them in actually developing the product to be ready for both domestic and international travelers. Mm. And that creates several job opportunities that are linked to each other, be it arts and crafts, be it uh, uh, finding our cooperatives that are in agriculture, being able to supply mm. the shops there, you having women who... Uh, sewing uh, the designers that you saw here mm. being able to have shops uh, around just like what is happening in Velagas Street mm. so as the National Department of Tourism in encouraging the initiatives by communities we are putting in money to enhance on what uh, is and happening and, and also in other areas like your Kaili Cha sure, sure. and in, in that have you seen um, a prevalence of women participating in that trend? There's a lot of women mm. participating in mm. that trend. I was in Kailicha last week. Yeah. We are not only focusing on tourism, as I indicated mm. earlier on, that if you talk SMMEs, mm. you have to ensure that you master the value chain. Mm. So if you're talking restaurants, uh, just like the example of your, mm. your Kailicha, you must ensure that you have to source uh, whatever you're going to use in the restaurant within the community. So with Kailicha, you have young people who are actually designing furniture okay. and that furniture you can see in the in the in the restaurant there mm. young people uh, are the actual uh, people who are serving within that and a part of young people mm. who are being trained mm. in facilities where we have learnerships mm. for our young people so they get experiential training there at the center and now looking into the, the, the actual attraction and everything, there are women who are selling uh, beadwork, others mm. are sewing mm. uh, industrial with industrial machines. Mm. So that in itself brings the essence of how we can beat the value chain. Mm. And we have young people now who are taking interest because domestically young people from schools, they are mm. being brought to say, practical, what is this whole thing? Mm. And then you have international guests that come. And we are looking into developing that further in our townships. Mm. We are also in our rural areas, like, for instance, in the Eastern Cape mm. itself. We have one cultural festival that happens mm. in Port St. John. Mm. started small mm. by people exposing their culture, mm. you know, their food and everything. Now it is elevated to be a national event because we don't just want to leave it to the province mm. that started or the community that started mm. and then the province took it to a, into a provincial event. It's now a national event mm. where we will ensure that in all the offices where we have international offices where we are marketing and promoting South Africa, we are able to say, come to South Africa this time, there's mm. this cultural activity. Mm. So it is going to expose and give opportunity for SMM is just like you mm. see exhibiting here mm. to go and showcase further to the world and to South Africans and, uh, and present a one-stop shop. Yeah, before, before we wrap it up with you, before we al allow the other ladies, uh, Ms. B, you were talking about also how do we actually create a space where we actually, we've got these huge plans on the African continent. We know the African Union has the 2063 vision. We know that um, the United Nations has uh, the sustainable development goals and all of these uh, visions actually centralize women and children yeah. as part of uh, the economic uh, participation effort. How do we localize those missions and those 
big macro visions how do we actually bring them really down to the ordinary lady who's sitting in a street corner as a vendor somewhere in the middle of Kailicha for instance I think the issue of collaboration which I said earlier on mm. because as women mm. with respect to the ex- uh, expertise and skills we are at different levels mm. for instance I'm not a technocrat sure. but the strategic uh, ability should be able to take the woman from the ground to the next level sure. because we need those layers because we need those people on the ground but I cannot expect Umadlamini in Masingata mm. to be a marketer mm. we need them to create a spectrum of young marketers you know mm. that's why you've seen here we've got young w- uh, women who are actually part of the organizing team because they've got the expertise from the point of marketing they've got the expertise from point of organizing and therefore we need to have the the concept of the hub it says you are able to say within this these villages this is the expertise or something the skills that you can harvest from what they know and therefore you are able to create that hub within there so when there is a requirement to say we need this product you know, once it's ready with admitting the required qualities, quality standards, you know that you've got 10 women collaborating. And hence the, the concept of corruptives works very, very well because you are able to say it's not me alone trying to do things, you know, but we can collaborate. You've seen the, exp- the exhibitions out here. There were three women with different designs of bags. That's the collaboration because you've got a product range now. If you want to go and say, Woolworths, we've got this product, you are able to say these are the 10 women that can deliver. So you're actually uplifting, but in a more massified manner. You're not focusing on the individual, but you're actually integrating the expertise. Mm-hmm. I'm actually wearing earrings that were made in India. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the skills that will be translated to the women that are doing bidding out here. Mm-hmm. Because they also do their own. Mm-hmm. But you have different skills from everywhere. Even us, we've got something that you can take into that country. Mm-hmm. You had a designer here, but uh, who's running design shops in, in, in Ghana. We want to collaborate and say, give us your material. We'll make bags mm. and your accessories mm. in South Africa because we've got the skill there mm. and we'll supply you in your uh, 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 chain stores for the fashion stores. Well, Deputy Minister, I've got a minute with you left. Just at your final sentiments. Do you think we can actually do, actually upscale our women, take things to the next level? It's, it's, it's long overdue now. I know the process is a bit slow, but we, can we do it as a continent? We can, and this is the time. It is so opportune because the continent now is united more than uh, you can think. And women are the driving force for change. We are here, we bringing in to women uh, at these various levels to say, here are skills development programs so that you can improve on the service. Service levels, you can improve on the product we also as government are providing opportunity for market access which is often the problem mm-hmm. we take them to exhibitions this is these are the kinds of platforms where they showcase and can make networks and it is proving to be working very well mm-hmm. and on top of it as part of the conference we have brought in financing institutions because that's where they also you know Mm. find you know they hit a wall when they they want to grow here they are trying to simplify to say how is it that you can access so we also even from the side of government collaborating Mm. 
government is now more integrated, which then assists to say, okay, if you talk funding, if you talk skills, mm. if you talk market access, here are the platforms, and mm. this is how we can present them. I'm going to Gabon mm. uh, tonight. Mm. I am taking small businesses to expose them because sure. it's South Africa Gabon sure. week. Sure. Expose them, create those contacts, mm. and look at women that can also get interested to work with South African women. Mm. So we're doing that throughout Africa. Africa is our priority. Well, thank you so much, uh, Deputy Minister. That's Deputy Minister Togus Lukasa, who is the Deputy Minister uh, of the Department of Tourism. Thank you as well to Ms. B. Hakula, who is the conference uh, convener. Remember, we are right here at the Africa for Africa uh, Women's Conference 2017. We're in Port Elizabeth, very sunny outside. The skies are blue. The Bay is fantastic. It's just a great city to be in today, right here at uh, the Feather Market Center. Hey, remember, it is uh, International Women's Day. International Women's Day to you if you are a woman raising kids wherever you are, if you're a young student trying to actually make it through school. Maybe you are a young woman as well who's taking care of a whole lot of uh, your siblings. Happy International Women's Day to you. You are a real African champ. And uh, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back after this. Change your game. Your game. Be the your voice game. of young African entrepreneurs. Change your game. Your game. A program that promotes open discussion. Change your game. We bring social dialogue as we highlight real issues in the global entrepreneurship ecosystem. Our mission is to produce relevant and vibrant content and conduct interviews with dynamic stakeholders within the African entrepreneurial ecosystem that informs educates and entertains and empowers young African entrepreneurs. Change your game. Change your game. Empowering the next generation of outstanding African entrepreneurs. Tune in on Fridays, 1000 hours to 10.45 a.m. Central African time. And on Saturdays, 1300 hours to 1400 hours Central African time. Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. Always missing your favorite Channel Africa radio shows? Well, now you don't have to. We have a free catch-up service that allows you to listen to Channel Africa radio content from your cell phone, computer or tablet at your convenience. Visit www.channelafrica.co.za and click on Programs for a list of your favorite shows. Select what you want to hear. Click on Listen and enjoy Channel Africa Radio. It's as easy as that. Channel Africa Radio, the voice of the African Renaissance. This is Channel Africa, South Africa's official international public radio station on shortwave, internet and satellite. From an African perspective, listen to Channel Africa in English, Kiswahili, French, Silozi, Portuguese, and Chinyanja. Informing the world about Africa. Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance.
good news for listeners in America. You can now listen to Channel Africa by phoning 605-47-1711. So, if you're a Channel Africa listener in America, simply dial 605-47-1711. Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. Well, uh, thank you for joining us right here at the Feather Market Center in uh, the beautiful uh, Nelson uh, Mandela Bay Metro. Such a beautiful city that we're in here. And uh, remember, uh, today is uh, 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 International Women's Day and a fantastic day for us to be here at the Africa for Africa Women's Conference 2017. The theme is Women at the Helm of Local Economic Development. We'll get into uh, that topic with our next guests we've got here uh, Betsy uh, Ings uh, who is uh, uh, from the Women uh, Enterprise uh, Development Specialists from the International Labour Organization in South Africa and also we've got Alma Jiwani who's the CEO of Alma Jiwani Foundation and President Emeritus of the United Nations uh, Women in uh, Canada. Let me start with you Alma. In terms of women upliftment I know you work uh, with the United Nations uh, uh, Women and uh, you represent them in Canada uh, are we seeing a, a shift in terms of international perceptions of women's participation in business, in the economy? Oh, yes. A uh, lot of progress has been made, uh, but not at the pace that we would like to see. Uh, you can carry on. You sound American? fantastic. Okay, sure. fine. As far as the United Nations woman is concerned, as you know, our executive director, mm. Madame Fumzel, is really working hard in every corner of the city to mm. make sure that to be encourage the government, we encourage the private corporate sector mm. to support more women-based initiatives and how can we involve mm. more women mm. into the business and how can we encourage more women to get sure. into the political sure. arena? Because only women with the power will be able to make more difference. Mm. And um, it is a very, very long route for us. Mm. And as you may know, the MDGs have failed mm. uh, simply because all the governments, all the organizations, all the private corporate sectors they have been talking the same language. Yes. Everybody walked the same talk. Sure. So now it's time. It's time for a change, sure. a real change, because yes. it's 2017, like our Prime Minister Justin Trudeau would say, it's 2017 time for real change. So what kind of change are we talking sure, about? Sure. The change we are talking about is that we need more government involvement. Mm. We need to have government participate more and pay more attention to women's involvement. And as you know, uh, the Fortune 500 uh, uh, company, also the World Bank report says the more women we have on board, the companies are doing far more better with mm -hmm. the more women on board than companies without the, more, you know, without the women on board. Yeah, yeah. And also, the women in politic arena, mm -hmm. they're increasing but not to the level that we would like to see. Mm -hmm. Even though our Canadian Prime Minister now has a ratio of 50-50% know, 50 balanced cabinet, mm -hmm. we still see an issue there. Mm -hmm. We still don't have all the capacity building. Uh, we don't have the powerful voices that one should have, mm -hmm. regardless of how many women we have on a high-profile board. The voices are being suppressed. Mm -hmm. And people are not getting as much support as one should get one. Mm -hmm. Well, what... 
that that is a big issue isn't it betty i know i mean especially when it comes to this issue that was highlighted is it's, it's that support system that we need to actually strengthen those support systems and i was speaking to the deputy minister of, of south africa just about the local aspects of things it's it's a big challenge there those support systems are not strong enough how do we actually create a space where we have something more concrete there and something that's more consistent in supporting women in the economy um thank you thank you for having us I think that it's a, a multi-pronged approach that sure. we need to take. Um, you know, when we, we actually have to start with people's mindset. Mm -hmm. And I do believe that here the women have to start taking the lead because we are really the culture keepers. And it starts at home already. Um, we are actually the mothers of the future. So we're the mothers of the young men and of the young women. And if we progress with that and we speak about skills, um, yes, it's wonderful if we uplift people and we give them skills. But once we send them back, nothing has changed, yeah, yeah. you know, in the environment. Yes. And so what we need to look at is actually formal and informal structures of support. Okay. As our previous speakers have mentioned, there are fantastic initiatives, but there aren't really people coming alongside. Mm. Now, when you come alongside, that's when you have coaches or mentors exactly. or you have platforms where you can actually speak to and say, listen, this is actually not working. working yeah. you've, you've taken us to China. We've had this wonderful um, you know, intervention there. But when I came back home, um, the same as with our trips to India, many of our, the financial sectors that work in India cannot work in our rural yeah, areas yeah, yeah. simply because of the crime that we are facing and that we are actually putting this woman at risk to. Mm. So to me, those two are very important, that we look at the skills, the mentoring, who's coming alongside. But then there needs to be continued linkages created. You know, it's all about networking. Sure. You actually need a platform where you can engage and learn from each other. Mm. And this is where um, your business um, chambers, for instance, the Women um, Entrepreneur Associations, they are very vital because they actually create structures for the cooperatives and for the women in business. So I don't think it's an easy thing to address and that we definitely have to follow a multi-prong approach, which is a great um, initiative because it means so many stakeholders can get engaged mm. with it. Alma, that's a, that's a good point that uh, Betsy was highlighting and, and, and these linkages are not really there. We don't see mm. them being that prevalent there. And, and another question I, I would love to ask is how do we actually take which i asked before how do we take these big initiatives these ideas that are macro like the, the idea of you and women they, they're very generalized and they're very big concepts indeed and they are very noble indeed but how do we transfer that messaging to the ordinary person on, on how do we localize messaging because that's where the challenge is because i know what you and woman is but does my mother who actually has a tuck shop in the middle of a township no i don't think so nobody knows that mm. you and woman is fairly new as you know there were mm. four different entities osagi instra mm. uh, uh and uh, Unifan, sure, sure. they're all amalgamated into one entity and the mm. new entity is mm. the UN Women, can, uh, sorry, UN Women. And our first executive director was a very powerful woman, mm. Madame Bachelet. Mm. Now she's the president of Chile. Mm. And now we've got a dynamic of our own South African lady, Madame Fumzile. Sure. Now the problem that I've been emphasizing every time I you know, speak in different part of the world yeah. is the awareness. Now mm. you recognize, let's take an example of Africa. African women have been entrepreneurs from the day one. Mm. When I say this, people say, huh? Mm. 
what the hell are you talking about? Yeah. I said, think about it. When I was in Nairobi, early morning women would knock on the doors with, you know, they would carry the basket of fruits yes, and vegetables. Yes. Yeah. If you don't call them the entrepreneurs, then what are they? Exactly. They walk into the farm, they pick yeah. up the vegetables. The only thing they don't have is, you know, registered business, they don't mm -hmm. have big businesses. Yeah. 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 So yeah. now how do we capitalize on these entrepreneurs and make them alive sure. entrepreneurs? Sure. And also, we have the cream of the crop. In every part of the world I travel, I said the cream of the crop is in Africa. Yes. Look at the majority. Well, thank you so much, Alma. It is. It is. Finally, someone outside Africa believes in us. I do. <laughs> Sincerely, I do. Simply because I've so, witnessed so many times mm, when mm, I went to Uganda, there mm, was one lady. She was. She hired the young students to mm, pick up the straws from the garbage, mm, and then she would suppress them and make the purses, and she would make the uh, what they call slippers. Mm, and of course, then I connected her with someone from which Germany. Which is innovation, definitely. Yeah. How yeah. many? How many innovations and how many mm, inventions have been sure. created? by Africans. Yeah. The problem is nobody knows about that. Mm. It's up to us to raise awareness. Sure. And the government also should know that the cream of the crop is here. Mm. Our African women are very brilliant, very smart. What they don't have is the financial support. Mm. And also, majority of the Africans, not majority of Africans, only all over the world, mm. including men, mm. as you know, the stress and anxiety are cousins, and that cousin is called fear. Mm. Everybody has lingering fear inside. Mm. Fear of you know, starting a business, fear of going to school, fear mm. of getting married. Mm. You know, there's so many different kinds of fear sure. everybody goes through, sure. and that fear is our major barrier. Mm. If we can learn to overcome that particular barrier, mm. I think sky would be the limit. And that's the problem. Our women, or men for that matter, mm. don't know how to unleash the power within. Mm. And nobody believes that we have the power to make the mm. change. And our government should step forward mm. to help these women. Mm. How do we raise awareness outside our country that our cream of the crop is here? Mm. We have to train our women to start networking. Mm. We are very powerful business women here. Mm. But if you look at the ratio, the number of the ratio, there are only a few percentage going outside to network. Sure. How do you export your goods? Mm. How do you increase your GDP per capita, mm. your you know, local economies? Mm. Mm. That's a matter of us, our government, just, you know, Step in mm. and help. Mm. And, and, and unlike the language that we're speaking in, because I think we're moving into a realm where we need to pioneer local potential, and it is that shift that um, Alma is talking about the shift in our consciousness, how we think of ourselves, how we see in our businesses, and also our talent. But it, it, there's a long way to ha make actually that shift, Betsy, especially when you come from. A continent such as um, us that is very much highly colonized and has a history of a lot of uh, negativity, but we need that mental shift, don't we? Absolutely, absolutely. I, I really love the way you phrased it. But um, I think it's important that we give the woman a voice sure. so that they start the advocacy process. Great, great. You know, we have a top-down approach, and mm. that's the only thing I have about government pushing all the initiatives mm, mm, because when government's pushing all the initiatives they're not listening to the voices to mm, the women of what mm, they really need sure. so we actually have to have a bottom-up approach mm, as well mm, where the women actually have to be part of this engagement mm, and they actually have to um, if, if necessary be taught how to drive this advocacy how to make mm, their voices known but you know the one thing about women is uh, a lot of men would love to say we gossip <laughs> we actually don't gossip we just share really, the facts really <laughs> <laughs> we, we share it with, with great embellishment at times. But the big thing is, you're asking how can we do it by starting to talk, yeah. by starting to engage each other yeah. and saying that the, the, the change will happen with us. And, you know, I really think if there are two things we need to align, it's women and youth. Yeah. Women 
as I said to you, we're the culture keeper, but the youth, you are future. Mm-hmm. You are the people with the energy. Mm-hmm. You're the people with the spirit for change. Mm-hmm. And if we can actually combine the development of those two, mm-hmm. I think the development would be so much stronger. Because um, as Alma said, fear, for instance, of technology. Mm-hmm. Do you know that only 2% of women in Africa, and especially South Africa, mm-hmm. feel comfortable with technology? Wow. But the cell phone has brought it's brought business sure, to sure, our doors. Sure. So I think that um, definitely let's start the conversations. Um, if I think of media, mm-hmm. you play a vital role mm-hmm. in highlighting it. And, and media has become available now freely. So you need to have more of these discussions. You mm-hmm. need to have your listeners phoning in mm-hmm. and being part of this discussion sure. so that we're actually addressing the relevant things and we're not making assumptions. Mm-hmm. Because the one thing that's also true is that even within a country, mm-hmm. What is needed in Limpopo is not particularly needed in Pedi, in sure, East Lon- sure. you know, close to East London. So we have to be careful to start rushing and thinking we can solve these things by just one, one um, linear approach. But, but I think it's exciting and just the fact that after 1908 was the first time we celebrated Women's Day, mm-hmm. here we're sitting today and sure. we're still celebrating it and women are really making strides. Mm-hmm. Um, we can see it. Mm-hmm. And I love a quote from a very... Um, wonderful gentleman he said forget about china and forget about technology the most power lies with women because we spend more than 20 billion dollars annually we make the decision where the household's money is going to go but yet the banks aren't speaking to us well definitely that you do i know that myself i've got a mother i've got a girlfriend i've got a sister definitely they tell me how to use my cash but thank you ladies it's been fantastic speaking to you i know you guys will be speaking today so i'm sure we'll be also getting into some of the conversations that we'll be having and happening today thank you to alma uh, jiwani who is the ceo of the alma jiwani foundation and president emeritus of the united nations women in canada i hope you're having a good time in africa i love uh, it <laughs> fantastic <laughs> betsy ings is also joining us she's from the international labor organization uh, she is uh, the woman enterprise development specialist there well what a great conversation we've had today on international women's uh, day uh, and uh, we were right here in the center of uh, the action. This very, very beautiful old building here. It's one called the Feather Market Center. We're going to go back to our Johannesburg studios. And we'll be broadcasting here uh, tomorrow, hopefully. And uh, we'll be giving you more conversations on what women have to say about their participation in economies. And I think we get some of the people who are here exhibiting, some of the uh, business women who are here. I think we need to get them into that conversation. Definitely. But until next time, uh, God bless. Thank Good morning with your economics news. I'm Wisani Matewala. South African Airways has confirmed that thousands of US dollars stolen at OR Tambo International Airport in Johannesburg. Tuesday night was due to be transported on one of their planes. A high-level investigation is underway into the robbery at Africa's biggest airport. It's believed that the gang, pretending to be police officers, stole a container that was supposed to be loaded into a waiting plane. SAA spokesperson, Tladi Tladi. 
the incident that happened involved a consignment that was due to be transported on an SAA aircraft. At the time when the incident occurred, no SAA aircraft was in the vicinity, nor did the incident involve the aeroplane itself. None of our passengers, nor our crew members, were exposed to any harm in any way whatsoever. Our operations continued as per normal, notwithstanding the incident that occurred yesterday. Meanwhile, it's believed that uh, the suspects pretending to be police officers stole the money as it was due to be transported on an SAA flight. Tsepo Pahani reports. Police are investigating reports that a Ford Focus with police branding was seen in the vicinity of the crime scene. Atlanda Marti speaks for the acting National Police Commissioner. That is a subject of police investigation to determine whether or not the vehicle used was a police car or not. She says police are looking into a possible security breach. Our preliminary investigations have revealed that there was a security breach. A docket has been opened and a media briefing is expected later today. Indonesia has been a dependable partner in ensuring South Africa's reconstruction and development. South African President Jacob Zuma is in the Indonesian capital, Jakarta, to promote his country as a viable destination for tourists, trade and investments. Zuma and his Indonesian counterpart, Joko Widodo, are expected to sign two bilateral agreements later today. South Africa's International Relations Minister, Maitenkwane Mashabane, explains. We have got historic ties with this country. They've been with us during the difficult times. They have remained in good times post-1994. We've worked together with them on also resolving issues around the Timor-Leste. Indonesia, like Malaysia and other ASEAN countries, have played a very, very important role, but also continue to be dependable partners in development today, particularly when we talk of Operation Pakisa and the ocean economy, be it at the many other multiplicity of UN forums, they are with us and we speak with one voice. The Tanzanian unit of a telecoms firm Vodacom will start a more than a month-long initial public offering this Thursday and expects its shares to start trading in mid-May. The company, a subsidiary of South Africa's Vodacom and the biggest operator in Tanzania, aims to raise 213.45 million US dollars by selling 560 million shares. It will become the first telecoms firm to launch an IPO under Tanzania's mandatory listing rules. And Nigeria expects the economy to climb out of recession and grow 2.19% this year. The new economic recovery and growth plan 2017 to 2020 says a gross domestic product is expected to grow at an average of 4.62% a year until 2020 and hit 7% that year. Africa's biggest economy is in its first recession in a quarter of a century brought on by low oil prices which have slashed government revenues, weakened its currency and caused inflation to rise. Financial indicators now, the dollar trading at 12.97 South African rents, 10.30 Botswana Pula and 9.69 Zambian Kwacha. Also trading at 0.81 to the British pound and 0.94 against the euro. The commodities market, uh, gold $1,216, platinum $956 per fine ounce. Brent crude oil is at $55.65 per barrel. That's your economics news for now. I'll be back in an hour's time with another update.
In our sports update, this hour starting off with cricket news, Protea's batsman Dean Elgar produced an excellent century and powered South Africa to 229 for four at stumps as he repaired the damage after a stuttering start by the Proteas on the opening day of the first test against New Zealand at the University Oval in Dunedin. Elgar moved to 128 at the close, having faced 262 balls. He hammered 28 fours. Temba Bavuma will resume with Elga on 38 on the second day. The duo amassed 81 runs for the fifth wicket of 181 deliveries. Elga compiled his seventh test century when he pulled a short delivery by Jimmy Nisham with disdain to the mid-wicket boundary to reach three figures of 197 balls with 24s. And in football news... South Africa's brittle defense at the CAF Under-20 Africa Cup of Nations will be put to the test against the top-scoring team in the competition, host Zambia, in tonight's semi-final in Dusaka. Zambia scored 10 goals in the three group stage matches, conceding just two. And given that the South Africans are the second-highest-scoring team at the Under-20 AFCON with nine goals, today's semi-final at the National Hero Stadium, which will house a big crowd supporting the host, could be expected to be a high-scoring affair. Our correspondent Namuchana Ligezo reports. There's too much excitement in Zambia. I personally took time not to talk to a lot of soccer fans. A lot of them, really, they told me they are very disappointed in, in the sense that they wanted, uh, they wanted Zambia to play South Africa in the final, not play South Africa in the semi. But uh, above all, they're saying since the fixture has been decided, there is nothing that they can do, and they are very optimistic that uh, Zambia is going to beat South Africa. Senegal will be out to beg a sport in the final of the 2017 Under-20 Africa Cup of Nations when they meet Guinea in the semi-final. That's the second one on Thursday. Local football in South Africa newly appointed South Africa's Premiership side Orlando Pirates coach Shell Jennifer takes positives, a home draw against PSL title-chasing Supersport United. Jennifer believes his side's one-all draw against United showed that they are capable of matching the best teams in the league. Temiko Lodge slotted home late on at Orlando Stadium, south of Johannesburg, to cancel out Tabo Minyamane's blasted opener as the two PSL giants settled for a share of the spoils. Meanwhile, Bidvest Vets moved back to the top of the Absa Premiership standings despite being held to a nil-all draw by Chippa United at the Sisa Dugasha Stadium in South Africa's Eastern Cape Province on Tuesday evening. The Vets leapfrog Cape Town City, moving top due to their superior goal difference. At the end, though, both teams settled for a draw, as Vets is heading into their Cape Champions League clash with African giants Al-Akhli on Saturday. And finally... South African long-distance runner Yvette Van Sale says she has mixed feelings over the inclusion of foreign athletes in the Spa Women's 10-kilometer Grand Prix Series event. Event organizers recently announced changes to the unusual annual women's event, opening it to international athletes who would now qualify for Grand Prix incentives. This change comes after the event was largely dominated by local runners for over 10 years. The defending champion says she doesn't believe the addition of foreign athletes will benefit popular local series, but also feels it gives her added motivation to keep the title in South Africa. It is bittersweet for, well, I speak now for myself, but I'm sure the rest of 
the ladies feel so as well because it's been a tradition in from the 10 years that the Grand Prix has started and that's not even um, I'm talking about when I started running the spa series it was us against uh, well it was the competitiveness out of South Africa and I think we brought the best out of each other now that's your sport news this hour I'm 